Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. In a sudden flash, it all comes clear. It's a eureka moment, an epiphany. Hi, I'm Marcus Smith, host of the Constant Wonder podcast. The world offers marvel, meaning, and mystery around every single corner. In nature, art, science, culture, history, we talk everything from bees and beetles to obelisks and asteroids. Experience the thrill of transformative encounter. We'll bring more wonder to your day. Listen to Constant Wonder wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to History Hack. And you'll notice I am neither Alex or Alina. I'm Paul Woodadge. And what we're doing today is we are turning the spotlight on the two girls and asking them about how they got involved in History Hack. So uh, good evening, Alex and Alina. This is weird. Very weird. (laughs) (laughs) But not unpleasant. It is a bit weird, yeah. But no, honestly, you've done so many shows now and you talk about your guests and you big them up and you talk about what they have achieved but you don't talk about yourselves and so this is a chance for your listeners to find out a little bit more about you two and so my first question very simply is how the hell did you two meet oh, i don't know i don't know if one alex do you want to start this one i can't even remember oh i know i know right okay i stalked you on twitter did you I did actually. Hmm. Um, it was long before we met. I was meant to come down to um, what was it? Uh, what's the festival? Why has my mind gone blank? Chalk Valley. Um, Chalk Valley. It was a couple of years ago, and um, we missed each other. Did we? We did. See, this is how good your memory is. We yes. missed each other, <laughs> and then we got chatting on Twitter and Facebook, and somebody else introduced us, and I don't know. It just kind of escalated from there, really. I don't remember anything about the how, but I do remember that within 10 minutes, like losers, we were finishing each other's sentences like an old married oh, couple. And it was married like, couple. <laughs> yeah, we were inside each other's brains instantly. Like on a daily basis, I will screenshot something I've seen that I like and send it to Alina just as she is screenshotting and sending the same thing to me. It's a bit creepy. She sends me messages yeah. going, get out of my fucking brain. Those watching, listening, we we kind of know the story that the history hack was born out of COVID-19, lockdown, frustrations and things, but it's become so much more than that. But how how and when did you have the idea and how did you just set about doing your first show? I mean, it was just sort of contacting mates, I guess, to begin with, wasn't it? Anyone you'd ever done a favour for. Yeah. (laughs) Begging. It's, um, well, actually, what it did, it started off with, um, I actually got repatriated back from Poland and I got stuck in, uh, quarantine. I sent Alex a message. I was like, I'm really fucking bored. Um, do you want to like come on a podcast and do some shit? And she's like, Oh my God, let's do this. And it just exploded. Yeah. That was like 
two days before the first show went out. You had already lined up Guy Walters and Luke Daly Groves to do the first one. Yeah. Um, and three hundred and nearly three hundred and fifty we've recorded now because we're co- we're ahead now. Um, episodes later, uh, probably about three major rows and a fifty dozen small spats. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> 400 odd guests no it must be more than 400 because you factor in the ones that have had huge groups on and stuff so yeah it's just I don't really know I can't even remember so the first week we did you had Guy and Luke lined up and for the life of me I can't remember anything else but I do remember that out of nowhere you sent a grovelly stalker message to Mary Beard and she just went yeah what the hell and that was it really because from then on Weird. So I had asked James Holland and Dan Snow and Susanna Lipscomb and people like that, and they had said sure. So within the first two three weeks, we had quite a few of the TV names on, didn't we? And then it kind of <laughs> when I sent a weird, creepy, grovelly message to Sean Bean's agent, and Sean Bean, who hates technology, went, "Yeah, I'm bored. Why not? I'll do a podcast." And then that was it, really, wasn't it? Just rolled from there. That was that was. I think, and that then was some my... idiot with a flat cap came along and went let's get together 30 odd band of brothers and nutcases in one room no actually what you said was if we can get five or six it'll be a great little podcast and a month later after woody working his nuts off we had 25 cast members a pile of relatives of easy company writers um and a six-part series that went a bit mental thanks woody that well, was epic, no, no problem. I mean, I think when, went a bit mental has been really kind of the buzz phrase for what you've been achieving this year. And, and from the, from the point of view of a listener and an occasional participant, it looks as if you've had this sort of plan that you've phased in stage by stage. But I, I can sense, cause I'm doing the same thing myself. It's just been, a random series of connected incidents that make it look like you've been planning what you're doing, but actually it's been lots and lots of happy accidents, isn't it? I suppose. There's no plan. There's no well, plan. We, we, we can't, there is no plan, but there kind of is a plan in a way. There's so. a, well, no, there's no strategy. There's no overarching yeah. strategy. Yeah. There are now tactics to getting enough of them recorded and doing it in blocks so that we don't kill each other or go crazy and stuff. But no, there's no overarching. I can't tell you how many messages we've had from people starting podcasts saying, oh, your strategy is amazing, how you've done it. And I can't believe you did this and this. And how did you go about planning it? And can you help me plan mine? It's like, I'm really sorry, dude, but we are as clueless as you are. We're still clueless, like we how many clueless. months later. Yeah. I mean, you you don't, you don't appear to sort of have any rules in the sense that you cover anything within the historical realm, be it modern, ancient, you know, fantasy, ghosts, haunted, real events, conspiracy theories, you know, you have tackled everything, which means you have an unlimited amount of um, resources and guests you can bring in. But I mean, how do you decide where to go? What, what, what kind of rules do you have for um, in, in, getting people onto the show? Alex has rules for me. <laughs> so, okay, so now, because it did, I mean, we nearly, we nearly did like a, a take that slash one direction and went our separate ways and stuff. But I was getting towards the point where we might have told each other to get stuffed, I think. Um, and we sort of divided up. So Alina does everything pre-recording and I do everything post-recording. But, um, no, there's no, there are no rules. I mean, so now we seem to have, 
made contact with or they've made contact with us most of the major publishers Mm. will now send a message saying I've got this book coming out can we have so and so on the show would you like to talk to them etc etc which is great at that end of it but at the other end of it both of us clocked a profile the other day where a guy said that his speciality was sinkholes in Paris and we were like gotta have that on I don't know who he is. I've never heard of him. His name's Ian Boyd and he was amazing. But yeah, sinkholes in Paris. Who doesn't want to chuckle about that for half an hour? It turns out that when they were digging out all the tunnels underneath, um, bits of Paris would just disappear in a big hole. Which is or cool. the medieval one, which I, I sent Alex a message. I was like, dude, I can't really figure this shit out. Like, what is this person talking about? I have no idea. What... And Alex picks up the phone. She reads it. She goes, dude, that's medieval zombies. Yeah. It's medieval. It was a very zombie. wordy sort of outline of uh, Polina's thesis, wasn't it? And I was like, yeah. dude, I'm seeing the word undead. I think she does medieval zombies. So, yeah, that's coming up on New Year's Eve. So, no, there are no rules. We don't care. And also as well, so one of our biggest hits so far is Colin Fisher, who's about to crop up for the third time now. And no, he's not a Colin. writer. He's not a TV person. He's not a historian. He's not a... a advanced degree researcher he's just an expat who moved to spain and fell in love with the history and when he talks about the history it makes you fall in love with the history mm. and he's done um he did uh spanish civil war one with us and he did don quixote and now he's coming back to do guernica uh, which he went away because he'd wanted to read on it and because alina was obsessed with having a podcast on it and just <laughs> researched the stuff and he's brilliant so no there are no rules and, I, and it's like saying, oh, we'll take anyone. If you are passionate and you've got something to say, then get in touch because well, that, no. That to me is accessible. what you're doing. You're, you're, you're bringing in people from a wide, a wide area. And I was reading about a podcast, a very famous podcast, and you know, they have very strict rules. Only PhD people, only people with a certain amount of following. They must follow a script. And it it all sounded a very bit, a very contrived and very – and making something that's intrinsically easy actually very difficult because if you've got an interest in a subject and you can talk about it, communicate it about it, then surely there's a platform for it. And you're, you're both, both very good at, at bringing out the, the humor of people and also just making it accessible for the average listener because, you know, I, I'm a World War II guy, so I kind of select the World War II podcast first, but then I kind of dip into the other ones as well. And I find myself being in, myself being interested in something I'm not, naturally interested in but if you ask the right questions and the person is dynamic i find myself interested in that subject and that's that that's a skill that i don't think you can you can create that if it isn't there and i you know you you do both do that very very well and as a listener that is something that i think people notice about what you're doing i think we learned didn't we alina very quickly that um we were a bit worried about oh do we put that on and do we put that on and do we put that on in the first few weeks and then we realized that no i mean obviously the big names with the huge followings got more listeners but actually nothing bombed they were willing to give people were willing to give our podcast and the way it was put out half an hour on pretty much anything it's only half an hour see what this person got to say i can always turn it off if i don't like it and some of them you can see on some of the uh, metrics on Apple podcasts and things, the ones that people switch off a bit earlier and they maybe don't listen to the end and that's fine. But generally people will give anything a go, which made us a lot more confident to go, Oh my God, sinkholes. I want it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and really, really random, really random stuff. And we're 
we want everybody, everybody to come. I mean, we had a master's student on a couple of weeks. Oh, it was last week when we were recording. And the guy was really great. You know, we don't care if you're a historian, non-historian. If you've got something really interesting to say, then contact us. Get on board. I mean, come on. We, we love all aspects of history. That's great that some podcasts have them. I mean, I'm guessing that po- I don't know what podcast you're referring to. I'm going to ask you and we're not recording anymore, but um, I'm guessing <laughs> that that podcast is where the people go that give us one stars reviews because we drop the F bomb and some of our guests swear and we laugh at things like Carolina Vansbuck's um, appendix exploding and stuff. But we wanted to create a non stuffy environment for people who love history. And the point is that history is fun. History is not just PhD crap and minutiae and people mm. arguing with big words. It is fun. I mean, what's not fun about that story that come off from down the pub a few weeks ago about the dwarf falling out of a window and killing someone on the street below. That was hilarious. I just, history is fun. There is fun stuff all over history because humanity is intrinsically funny. Um, and yes, sometimes we laugh at people's misfortune and we're a bit inappropriate. But I mean, I, one thing that astounds me is that consistently, no matter how silly it gets, the down the pub is one of the most, in, um, downloaded things we do. People love it. it. Doesn't matter how nonsensical it gets. Um, even when we were just batting war films around, that was huge, that one. And it was the down the pub segment that really got the big the big shout out on the the Gabby Roslin tea, uh, breakfast show wherever it was you sent me the link to and that yeah it was on that, Sunday that, they enjoyed that just as it says being down a pub with your mates listen to them bullshit yeah. and I think there's something very accessible about that and yeah because well, we can't go down a pub and do that at the moment well exactly but of course. <laughs> It's more than just that. There is this real serious historical undertone to it in that the people conveying information have researched their subjects. They do know what they're talking about. It isn't just amateurs in the sense that people who don't know that they do know their subjects and therefore it is a value to people who are studying history it's not just a laugh it is a laugh but you're learning at the same time which is a win-win yeah i just people should enjoy history I, the best things we get are when people say you've just made me spit my coffee out on the tube or i've just laughed to myself on the bus and everyone thinks i'm mad because this year has been shit and if you can't laugh at something mm. What can you do? Well, exactly. I got contacted by a couple of uh, academics, funnily enough, um, a couple that were on our show as well. And they've uh, said that they've passed on not just to the faculty on uh, at the university, but they've passed on our podcast to students as well to get them more interested in the various different subjects that we're using, which is amazing. So we're not just tapping the general public. We're getting noticed by academia as well. And I think as well, one thing that we're trying to do now is I think History Hack could be a really positive brand for history and not just mm. about me and Alina talking all the time. And so we've launched two mini segments. I mean, Alina's already had pole position and that we've sort of settled mm. on that being the third Thursday of every month now because she's always wanted to put more Polish history into English language. And I think it's really valid um, because she's Polish. And if she can't and she owns half the podcast, then who can? Uh, mm. We also have got... Matt Bone, because sometimes maybe we aren't hardcore enough, we aren't techie enough, 
So Matt Bone is doing a once a month World War Two aviation thing, which is a little bit more involved and a little bit more, even more nerdy than us. And people love it. And then likewise, we have picked up through doing the sharp things, quite a big Napoleonic following people that are into that. So Zach and Marcus, they deserve their own spot. They've been, they've put loads of work into history hack with the pub shows and things. And so they have their own, um, once a month now to talk about I think what they're going to do is use events and scenes from Sharp and take them into real history and talk about I think the first one so they did Wellington after Waterloo first and the next one is going to be about guerrilla warfare in the Peninsula War which should be really interesting so yeah I like that I mean and and Woody you're part of the team you always have been ever since Band of Brothers Um, Um, the thing is what you're saying about bringing other people involved is also that you two are putting an extraordinary amount of time into this. And I know because I'm doing a similar thing, just how quickly a day can go when you're just doing emails here and there and you're doing a bit of research for that and the prep. I mean, just reading the books, reading the notes, going on Google, thinking up questions because you don't just ask the same questions to each guest of when did you get started? How did you start your research? What did you find out that was interesting? You, We've you really made a co- point of not doing that, Woody. Like, and if you notice yeah. that we had Frank McDonough on and instead, of, and, and he was reticent because he's like, oh, another interview. But we I just th- said, all right, you pick it. You pick what you want to talk about from your book. We're not going to ask you the same crap everyone else is going to ask you. Tell us what you want to do. And he said, well, I'm going to talk about five themes that are really important to me in this book. And that's what he did. I think that way you draw, and it really drew, he was passionate about it in that interview. You couldn't shut him up. It was great. So then I had him a few days later and I then had to try and think of something slightly different to do. He gave the link. God, now I've got to ask him. How can I ask the same questions? Cause they're really good without making it sound like I've copied your questions. But yeah, you can copy us anytime, Woody. You're special. Oh, thank you. I'm special. Capital S. Yeah. But no, but the thing is, I mean, the, you know, the reason we're, we're doing this show is because people love what you're doing. And I think they do intrinsically know that it takes a lot of, of, of effort. But at the same time, I think they could do with being reminded of that. And at this point now, a, you know, a year in, whatever it's been, what are the next stages and what do you need help with? How to take it to the next level? Because that's the thing is, it's it's going to come down at some point to finances, isn't it? It's going to come down of to... Course. Yeah. It's going to come down to the world opening up again and us having to have a reality check about how much time we can spend in front of it. I mean, what we've got it down to is that it essentially essentially takes probably by the time. So the actual recording takes a week of every month, Mm -hmm. uh, slightly more. And then, of course, Alina has to prep all the interviews and the people. Some people are fine doing their own prep. Some need a, a two hour call with her because they're nervous and they don't know. They've never done a podcast before. And then mine, of course, is the editing and the posting. Um, and obviously, we, I will get to this in a minute and we'll talk about Steve, who's done the branding for us. But mm. essentially, yeah, it's we need to not work to be able to maintain maintain this level of effort for those two weeks and that's not viable at the moment so and we have we have some uh, pod we have a pod uh, pod bean patron thing so that's like their own in-house patreon and we have patreon and and in, we don't lose money doing history hack mm-hmm. people's kind donations fund sort of the advanced zoom account the advanced pod bean account um 
an advanced internet connection at my house because we just couldn't subsist, could we, Alina, with no. more than two or three people on a recording without having like the most epic internet that BT offer. Uh, so the the money's pretty much gone as it goes. Um, Alina's on a five year old laptop. Mine's getting quite old. It just, yeah, it's it's just what I mean. It's it was fun and it was budget and it was like people never really apart from a couple of snotty people never really held against us the sort of slightly dodgy sound or whatever because it's like dude it's a pandemic and they're churning out seven a week uh, mm. give them a break which was cool but to take it to the next level of professionalism i think would be really good um well that's the thing i mean this this other podcast that i will tell you about offline they they he broke down the the the, the amount of people involved in it and it was like eight researchers and so and so this and a production team of this and a production team of that and and they spread out that work a research assistant does the prep call with the person the research assistant does the script and does this and then someone else goes and ways and edit, edits it and, and uploads it and makes it available oh i think i know what you which one you're talking about now yeah and, i think and i saw that the thing is, if you're the listener and you listen to one of their podcasts and your podcast, you're hearing exactly the same thing. You're hearing people who know what they're talking about, having a discussion about something historical, except that in your case, a lot less people have got, in, got involved in it. And you'll say you're not getting the, you're not getting the cash. So how, how can people help? What, what would be the dream thing that could happen to you over the next few weeks? I mean, obviously someone millionaire coming up and saying, I'd like to sponsor you would be good, wouldn't it? <laughs> It would. Sponsorship would be amazing um, and it would enable us to go uh, turn down the slightly bonkers adverts. I can't There was something very weird that came up and they pay peanuts. But every now and again, someone comes up on Patreon and on Patreon on Podbean and, and does an ad with us. And at the moment, we accept them because it's a few extra pennies. It'd be nice to just say no thanks to the weird hemorrhoid cream advert at the beginning of the podcast, I guess. I, essentially, Alina and I need to make half a wage each off of it, don't we, if we're going to carry on doing two weeks of every and then it would be like so steve who is amazing and we didn't know him before he just sent us the first cartoon as a girls i've been loving this here's a present um and from that it's kind of exploded into the fact that he has fully branded history hack and without sort of any planning for it and without any notion of doing it he has created a brand that is completely different to any other history podcast out there and And to the point that yeah, I mean, they, they weren't bad at the beginning. Don't get me wrong, Steve, if you're listening, but there's a style that has evolved with it yeah. and the level of detail and, the, and yeah. the, the matching of the cartoon to the guest and the show and the theme has been, got better and better and better. It has, and, and he's done every bit of it for nothing absolutely yeah. nothing so it he would be does. nice to pay steve um exactly. likewise with matt and marcus and zach i mean they do one a month but it would be nice if they weren't doing it for absolutely nothing um I just so yeah i guess add- go on so i just um, i really want to add in here that um both alex and i not only work full-time you know alex is writing a book research a great wall group everything else on top of that i work full-time i teach full-time um, and I need to say thank you, Alex, very much so for working around my schedule. And we actually end up recording around my schedule. So she has to give up and be more flexible just to accommodate my schedule, basically. So thank you so much for doing that, because it's the only way we're going to get it done. <laughs> I, I think nominate you two as a soppiest love story to Marin Hill. <laughs> <laughs> The unresolved, the unrequited love story. No, because by the time this will airs, you will realise that that's exactly what Alina did. She's planned that. (laughs) (laughs) She's she's not going to reveal the names to the end. But you must come on that one. You should come because it's going to be a laugh. I know that. I, I, like you, am just crazy shit busy all the time and stuff. And anyway, but, you know, so the, 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 the sad thing about 
I don't mean sad, but what you're doing is, is that if you do end up having to do less because you've got to go into the real world and pay and pay the bills, is that the professional outfits will then, in a way, build on what you've done. And that would be an absolute tragedy because you've built a way of doing things. You've built a brand. You've built a, a, a market and you've brought people in who wouldn't normally do podcasts. And if you don't carry on doing it, someone will just nick the idea Put money into it and do it bigger and better and leave you leave you beside you know side of the road somewhere and that would just be tragic for everyone the three hundred fifty thousand people who've downloaded your your shows if you don't carry on doing it then his, the history world has has lost a really great asset I think one I thing we've been say able- that about yourselves and that's why exactly why we're doing this because you 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 are very um gracious and unassuming about what you do and and how you approach it and you're very self-effacing alina you put yourself down all the time and you have no reason to put yourself down all the time you'll both know your subjects you're very good at what you do and for that reason if i can be in any way part of keeping this going and the people listening to this can be part of keeping you going and pushing you forward then that has been a good thing so i this is me paul woodad as your friend saying to people watching this listening to this for goodness sake, have a bit of a thought about how you can help, what you can do to take this to the next level in terms of investment or something or equipment or sponsorship, because there there is something here that needs to be um, uh, continued. It's a very special thing you've created, you two. I think one thing that I've loved that we've managed to achieve in sort of the last three months of it is that at the beginning, we were very much like we would try and go for the biggest names we could get and everybody had a book out and, and mm. now doesn't matter if we like someone's subject and we like them and we like the way they talk about the subject we don't give a crap if they've not got a book deal we don't give a crap if they've not finished studying we don't care we don't need their follow if they've only got 200 followers doesn't matter because we've got our own followers now which means that we can sell them to an existing following and we don't need their following which is great because it means we c- we have the freedom to just talk to anyone we want which i love about this i j- i keep bringing up ian and sinkholes but that was brilliant i we literally spent just over half an hour talking about the fact that in the 18th century wherever you are in paris you have to be wary of the fact that the ground might disappear beneath you mm. and they saw it as like an act of god and like whoever thought that that was a thing well, I'm that is the thing, again, with, without repeating ourselves, you have brought people to your audiences that wouldn't get uh, booked by the bigger people. And therefore, you've brought stories to people that wouldn't have seen the light of day had you not given them that platform to do things. Because mm-hmm. there is that sense of the, you know, it's like it's like when the big movie comes out and Tom Hanks and whoever it is goes and sits in a hotel in London somewhere and Sky News go in for five minutes and then BBC go in for five minutes and then so-and-so and they just churn out all those PR bits and you don't come across in that way. And I, and that's important that you're giving people, in a sense, if to carry on that analogy, you're allowing the camera person to give their version as well. And the guy who, you know, brings the coffees for the actors when it's cold, you're, you're making it accessible to everybody, not just the top stars. And that is very important that you're, you're continuing that way. So, I mean, to just go a bit more trivial, we talked about what you need to help to, to push you forward. Doing the course of the show, you must have had some absolute burst out laugh 
laughing moments and some moments of complete hilarity and some complete curveballs that came at you in the middle of shows that you, you weren't expecting. You know, is there is there going to be a highlights package? Is there going to be some off outtakes or something? I mean, <laughs> I did it at the beginning. Were... I have. Do you know what? I'll add no. them on to the end of this show, Woody, because I did at the beginning for the first couple of months. Most of them are me and Alina swearing, but there are some funny. There's definitely something um, from Yoan Griffith in there, and I think there's some Band of Brothers stuff in there as well. I think Yoan was trying to. Uh, do the you know we had the neat little um lockdown thing from him and jamie bamber at the end telling them to oh, yeah. stay inside yeah. which i love they were brilliant doing that, that but it's that uh, there's a funny outtake revolving around the fact that yoan can't do the hornblower voice unless he's got his hands behind his back and he's in the hornblower, hornblower pose which was quite funny so um yeah i definitely get that out as well but i think as well this would not have worked if alina and i didn't get on like we did so oh, we love each other, but we hate each mad. other. At the same time. We do because we can scream at each other and be f- fucking awful to each other. And five minutes yeah. later, we're like, "You're a dick." No, you're a dick. No, you're a dick. And then we're laughing again, which I yeah. think well, it's rare to find someone that you can work with like that and that you can push as hard as you push yourself, knowing that if they snap, it's not the end. Yeah, I mean, in, yeah. in my prep for this, and when I say prep, I mean ten minutes. But no, yeah. in my <laughs> prep for this, what intrigued me is, you know. Alex, you've, you know, you've been on TV shows talking about the Titanic. Alina, you don't even know what a ship is, do you? So th- there's <laughs> things where you've got a lot in common. There's other things that you're completely opposite. You know, your first world war, your second world war, you know, you, Alex, you, you're, you're a big football fan. Alina, you don't even know what football is. So there's, there's, I'm, I'm, I'm patronizing a bit, Alina. I don't mean it. You know what I mean? I'm no, she doesn't. That... She said she supports Arsenal because one of her mates does. So she clearly. No, I'm a Chelsea Arsenal. supporter. What's wrong with you? You are since I told you I'd beat you up if you weren't. Yeah, I was a, born in West called, London, darling. That's bullying in the workplace, Alex. You're not allowed to do that. It is, anymore. but that's what great. That's what's so great about it. Who's she going to complain to? There's only me. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, so that, 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 marriage i pardon the pun of, <laughs> yeah. of 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 alignment and also conflict is what makes it work it's it's got that in a sense classic kind of double act element to it um that that makes it intriguing to watch you know you you find yourself as a listener you're enjoying the subject but it's also you're enjoying the banter as well but it hasn't and after her, you know 300 plus shows it hasn't yet and i don't think it ever will do get any any in that sort of self-indulgent way now we'll Again, never stop slagging each other off is, so. <laughs> is, a, is a feature of some of some other shows and things it gets a little bit in jokey but in a, such a way that it becomes if you're not part of the club you can't you can't get it and you you keep the in jokes still very accessible the down the pub thing if you're there to carry on that analogy you make you pull a chair up for that person to join you at the table and you make sure they're fully understanding what's going on and what all the jokes are it's uh, it's very it's very um comfortable for the viewer to feel um warm in your by your fireside if i'm another 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 metaphor i'm throwing yeah. in there because i'm full of them tonight. tonight i think yeah, as yeah. well the fact is we've had to learn to lighten up we've had to learn to let things yeah. go that we wouldn't usually and and one yeah. thing i know which is i think it's been hard for me, but I honestly, I think it's been harder for Alina is the mean people because we do. And this is why I ended up having a spat online with a load of feminists, because you're only feminists as far as it suits your own ends. Some of you, because all of the worst abuse we've taken this year has been from women. So yeah. I think the fact that we've just learned, I mean, so we had a, a horrible one star review from a snotty old bloke on uh, Apple the other day. 
we would have cried about that at the beginning um last week we just read it out and down the pub and told him to f off and started again just had a laugh and moved on so i think you, the thick skin has had to be deployed this year it's getting there um i mean i've had a couple of uh turns off i mean i went off twitter for for a couple of months because i just couldn't i couldn't take the um the negativity anymore and part of it was down to my own research you know when you when you work in mm concentration camps and the holocaust you know you get all sorts of weirdo crazies and you know even your own people decide to go against you which is just exactly what somebody really wants um there's no support there thanks everyone by the way um but you know alex just sends me a message and she says right get your shit together get back online we need you to start doing some pr work and i was like yep fine all right oh yeah okay i'll do it so well again again and i don't want to tell your listeners what to do but the the uh, people are much quicker to send in a complaint than they are give a bit of praise. And, Absolutely. and, and I'm in the same with what I'm doing is the few hurtful messages I've had. And I've had a few about what I'm doing. You know, you shouldn't be doing this. You don't have a PhD, blah, blah, blah. Who oh my God. I saw the one from one of your friends. What was that about? Yeah, that, yeah well, let's not go down. No. Way, but the point is, even though you I'm a big grown up now, a, a one word negative word does still sit in your head far, far more strongly than a hundred positive words. And yeah. I think again, people can do a lot for, for what you're doing by just, you know, spreading the word, retweeting, saying that was really good. Thanks for that. I mean, I'm not telling people what to do, but it's, it's important that people understand just how much work goes into it and how, and just how drained you are after doing a show. And I can relate to that because when I put the, you know, I end the stream after an hour and a half, I feel like I've done, you know, 10, 10 rounds in Mike Tyson sometimes. It's it's really draining, isn't it? And yeah, doing- I can't believe what you went through to do that. I, there's one thing that I have to say on air, Woody. That Band of Brothers thing would never have happened without you no. because you did all the legwork. They drove you mad, some of those actors, and you got everyone through it without anyone losing their shit, which was pretty phenomenal, and you did that. Well, well, cheers, done. thank you. And, I, and then I made the mistake of saying, why don't we do a reunion of the reunion next year? But, <laughs> cheers you know, for that. We'll, we'll see whether it happens or not. Well, we'd get a few of them back. And there's, uh, there's a couple, I think, who wish they'd done it, who, anyway, that's another story. But, you know, in, in this whole learning curve, you've gone from, you know, uh, not doing podcasters to, and, you know, you had to learn the software, you had to learn the uploading process, the editing process, and there's a lot of, a lot of things to have to learn and the, how to be nice to people, how to tease out the information from them, because some people, they have the information, but they're not as comfortable at revealing it unless you kind of extract it. Others, it's frankly shutting them up. I've had that problem with a couple of people. Peter Caddick Adams, you know who you are. <laughs> Oh, so I, I, I let Peter talk. I was he's, just he's like, got an episode going out in a couple of weeks and it's like an hour and a half long. We just let him have at it. We love yeah. you, Peter. We really do. But no, I could, I, I'm, I'm I in the big Peter fan club. When he does a live stream with me, I'm going, it's just, you know, you just got kind to of let him up, throw, pull the pin, throw the grenade and walk out of the room and let him go. It's just, yeah, it's extraordinary. But, but these are the skills you have to learn, isn't it? And it's that, it's, it's, when you watch the classic old episodes of Terry Wogan or Johnny Carson in the States, and you see them getting these amazing stories from these amazing guests, you don't notice the skill of the interviewer because you're, you're wrapped up in what the guest is saying, but it is actually a skill to get, 
to talk to people and have them convey things in a in a in an understandable way and and you were good when you started and you've got better since you've been doing it and again that is why it will be criminal if this doesn't continue and carry on and and take you to another stratosphere of success quality sleep is essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Yes, and, and talking of that, you've both got these, as if you aren't stupid enough already, you've both started <laughs> these side projects. There's like, no, I, I can't. Three hours sleep is is it's fine. I can do with two. So, Alex, what have you been up to with your Great War stuff recently? Uh, I got really drunk on June the twenty second or twenty third and messaged Beth, who I'd never met face to face, and went, "Do you want to start like a charity for World War One?" And she went, "Yeah." And we went, "Boom!" And the next day, we had a thousand followers on Twitter, and we were like, "Damn." How are we going to make this work? Uh, and we now have 500 odd members in just our target was that in a year was less than that for the first year. And we've done it in two and a half months. Uh, the magazine went down really, really well when it went out. I've got a really exciting meeting coming up with um, a borough in London about outreach and education with uh children who are special needs or victims of domestic violence in terms of history and education uh we are planning a conference for may we put it back a few weeks just to give ourselves some breathing room with this bloody virus um Mm. it's amazing we're making our first production if i i've got we've got a drone and i've been busy that's all i'm going to say at the moment Mm. uh but yeah it's uh it's bonkers. Oh, and we started a project, a public research project, where literally anyone can have a go at getting their name in a book, where we are filling in the gaps for one of the lost divisional histories. And we're doing the 14th Light Division. So mm. we currently have a team of 70 people who volunteered immediately, um, who are transcribing war diaries, doing research, looking things up. And they've got the hashtag Team 14 Division going. We had a little Zoom thing. And actually, it was just for us to tell people how to do a war diary. And what happened was it ended up being like a little social for the group, which is amazing. They're getting pin badges now, little service badges of the 14th Division badge. Uh, If people don't have the time to chip in like that, they can sponsor that project because it's going to need its own website in the end for all the surplus information and everything. You can sponsor it by adopting, in inverted commas, one of the 10,000 odd guys that died serving with the division. 
um, and your name will be connected to his and he gets remembered all over again because chances are a lot of them don't have family nowadays so yeah that's not keeping me that busy at all honest well okay i mean amazing i mean i i i haven't got enough platitudes to throw at you frankly but i mean alina you've you've got something coming up as well you, to keep up with your your other half yeah <laughs> i do actually but um that's, i've got to tell you how i got to this stage actually so a, a lot of my time was taken up which uh, Woody, actually, I should have announced this on your show, but I didn't want to because it hadn't actually been completed yet. I spent last year, most of last year, um, studying for the exams to be an Auschwitz tour guide. Mm. And unfortunately, COVID hit. There was nothing the museum could do, of course, so I don't place any blame for, for what happened. The exams were halted. I passed the first two, went on to the third, and uh, I passed two weeks ago. Yay! Uh, Yay! I, um, <laughs> thank you. Um, Alina, how far into the exam did you start crying? Ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but she passed. She passed and she deserved to pass and she was always going to pass. And I had to send her multiple messages saying, stop being a dick when she was having a meltdown beforehand about not passing. Because we all knew she would. Yeah, of course. There's no, I, no doubt. Yeah. I need to stress that it is one of the most difficult things I've ever done in my life. Um, everybody who supported me, including you guys, um, people at the museum who have been just absolutely incredible. They all need to be thanked. Uh, the muse- like I just said, museum staff, friends, family, everybody who's been there every step of the way. But anyway, enough about that. My new project has actually come out of that very much so. So I'm one of the oldest tour guides now. Um, he's coming up to what, 30 years? So Mira Kopstarczyk, good friend of mine. We've decided to start, wait for it, another podcast. <laughs> okay, yes. Um, it is, what we're going to do, we're going to be talking about Auschwitz, but we're not going to be talking about Auschwitz, just Auschwitz. We're going to put it in the wider context. So when, for example, we're talking about, I don't know, the, the first transport, what was happening around the first transport? Well, obviously 14th of June, Paris gets taken. You know, what is out, what else is happening around this whole event? And we've got some amazing podcasts planned. The first one should be coming out pretty, pretty soon. So hopefully when this airs, it should be coming out. And this guy is the, one of the most incredibly knowledgeable people I've ever met in my life. So, And he's met like hundreds of survivors. So his stories are so incredible. And then there's me obviously on the side kind of like goading him into doing all the talking. So, so you're putting yourself down again. You're not on the side. You're an equal partner. You know, that's the thing that, that you have... You both have these skills that you you put yourself down too much, Lena. You do. Um, I've said it there. I've said it again. You do. And, you know, and that is why this is important, this show. And I hope this one really flies because people need to know just how much you two put into this and how passionate you are about this subject and the broad, broad sense of historians and how many people you've brought together, the community you've established on Twitter and, and, and Zoom and down the pub is important. It's been a tough year for everybody. And I feel a little bit part of your, what you're going on. I know lots of other people do as well. And that it's not just about the history. It's about this camaraderie and, and working together for a better and, and a better 2021, let's hope. So, you know, on behalf of your listenership, thank you very much for what you do because you are doing a very important job. And I really, really sincerely hope it all carries on for you indefinitely because you deserve every success you have got and you deserve even more. Um, what, I, I don't know regrets? if you've noticed yet, 
Woody, that neither of us can take a compliment. Well, exactly. That's why <laughs> we're doing this bloody show. Well, I'm the same as you know. It's it's, it's very hard, isn't it? Because you you know, we're, I the 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 really big stars have learned how to promote themselves. Well, this is the yeah. thing. An American would go, "Thank you," yeah. and it would be it wouldn't be disingenuine. Yeah. But a British person feels like a dick doing that. So it's an immediate genetic reaction to go, "Oh, it's nothing." It's it's how it's how it, it can all be represented by how we sing the national anthems. When you're beside an American <laughs> singing their, they are chest out, hand on heart, and they we get all the We do it like we do hymns at funerals, don't we? Do it in that, and it doesn't mean we're not patriotic. It's just that kind of, uh, <laughs> and that's how we take. I don't want to be the one that stands out. Yeah, no. <laughs> you just want to just blend in and go into this sort of this ether of just ordinariness and and that is not what you we should be doing if you if you've got a product that is good you 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 need to promote it and you need to get people to know what you're doing so again you know people can help by the the patreon and by promoting and and let's think about someone coming off and uh, coming over and offering some decent sponsorship and something and it's very hard in these times and people haven't got money to splash and things like that but there are there are people i'm sure listening who have not thought yet about how what they can do to help you um the amount of people i mean when i back in i'm telling you about talking about myself but back in mm-hmm. march the first lockdown and i was walking around my garden it was your podcast i was listening to walking around the gardens and how much exercise i did entirely depend on how long your podcast was and there'd be so oh, you wanted peter caddick adams then yeah no you don't that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's marathon training isn't it if you're doing, <laughs> but you know and the thing is and that's you know you you are you are providing people with something beyond just that dry history being being delivered to you so um i guess what, what if you go on to patreon or patron or whatever i don't even know how you say it i'm part of it I so say patron, patron is on podbean um yeah. and that's their little in-house sponsorship thing and i think i uh, so marcus is going to overhaul all this for us because he's he's like because i just have no headspace and he's suggested it several times and i'm like if i give you all the passwords will you just do it for me um but you can i think it's as little as a dollar a month like so or three there's a three dollar thing on there patreon is its own thing that is a that's not connected to the people that put out our podcast but um it's a similar thing and so for like the price of us one starbucks a month i guess if we get so we get about twenty two thousand twenty five thirty thousand downloads a month at the moment sometimes more when the pub goes mad if sort of just a few of those people did three quid a month um It'd make it, it would pay for it then we'd be done yeah. yeah we'd have better sound um and we wouldn't have to go back to real well go back to as much real life i mean i freelance i would just do less of the other stuff and be able to keep doing history hack and alina could take less uh students even though she loves every well, that, single that one. is the thing isn't it is that people can actually help right now i mean there's mm. some projects that need millionaires or they need you know some huge resource as I say, you just said your listeners can just a couple of quid a month, a few hundred do that, you're laughing. You're on your way into a a brighter future and a more comfortable and... Uh, it's and, one and thing we really don't want to do is, and I'll, I'll mention another podcast, but not in a disparaging way at all. So we have ways you have to pay to watch the live stream. 
or yeah. there's special content that you only get if you pay. And that's fine. That's, that's a working format and it works for them and that's what they do. We don't want to do that. We, we still want absolutely anybody who fancies listening to a bit of history to be able to get our podcast. So we've resisted doing that partly because we're nowhere near as famous as James and Al and everyone would tell us to fuck off. But yeah. I, I'm the same. I, 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 I have, I get, cause I'm part of Patreon. I get these emails from Patreon like, they're my mentor card. I don't know who these people are. Yeah. And, and they all say, oh, hold back in, hold back your best stuff for just your patrons. Like, I don't want to do that. No, I'm a 51 year old socialist. I, 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 I mean, I'm not going to talk about my stuff now, but one of the, well, I am for a second. Bear with me. We love hearing about your stuff. I, one of the shows you? I did back in the June, which was about Omaha Beach, I had an entire class of students out of college in the, in the USA listening to it because it was about a hero that their dormitory building is named after. Now, if I had hidden that show behind a pay-per-view thing, they would not have had access to it because they wouldn't have paid because they're students. And, and that is important to me as it is to you that that is, you could be broadcasting to a 15 year old kid who has aspirations of being a historian and they will find your history accessible in a way they perhaps wouldn't find Simon Sharma on channel four, whatever it would be, you know, Mm. And he's never getting important. on. Oh no, sorry, it's not him. It's the other one, Starkey, that's never getting on TV. I get those two confused up. Yeah, it's I know. Confused. No, sorry, yeah, yeah, sorry yeah. Simon Schmar, that's not you. It's no, David Starkey, not. that's never going to be repeated even anywhere no, ever again. Yeah, I think we are anymore. the Robin Hoods of history, us three, aren't we? And, and people like us in that it just it doesn't even cross our minds to want to do it that way. Um, yeah, but and, the and thing it's not is, to say that way is bad. It's not. The thing is, there's a lot. I'm interrupting you now. There's a, sorry, there is a core group of your audience, and they are, some of them are part of my audience as well, who don't always think that other people don't have the same financial stability they have. And I mean, I'm saying that very politely, Mm. but they're, they're perhaps people who've got pensions in the military or whatever it would be, and they just don't realize that, that, this is what you are earning this year. And, you know, okay, sure, you get a few royalties and books. There's a bit, But as a freelance historian, I'm in the sense of freelance historian, but I'm a tour guide. I've had no work this week, this year, you know, so... Yeah, what have you had, two tours? I've had seven. I would normally have about 130. Mag has done yeah. about 20, as you normally do 150. So we're, and she's you know, only had more because it has a French language, right? And the people... Yeah, and France. she had to do them half price because they they, yeah. they didn't want to pay. So, you know, it's it's... It is what it is. But the people, again, I'm urging people listening that, you know, two quid may not be very much to them at all as a listener, but it is a huge amount to you. If you get 100 or 200 versions of that coming in a month, it just gives you the stability and it it gives you the confidence. It, it, It proves that you it makes you feel good and it proves that what you're doing has value. And I think we all could do with a bit more of that to just urge us to keep on going, because, again, I'm going to stress to the listeners you know, you're even when I'm trying to tease it out of you, you're still playing down how, how, how little you are. Oh, well, we do it for a week, a month, and then you're putting shit loads of time because it's not just the time you're doing consciously, it's the time you're doing the promotion on Twitter, it's the time you're just chatting amongst each other. That's all part of the job. The, when you're whinging each other on telephone, that is job uh, that you should be being paid for in, in a sense, you know. so... Don't, I mean, don't. as an indication, we probably worked 90 hours last week, didn't we, in one of the recording weeks? Do you we ha- guys, there's one thing we're talking about that you've totally forgotten to mention. What? Right. Everybody who's downloading our shit, get <laughs> on YouTube 
okay and, and subscribe. subscribe yes not just to us subscribe to to woody world war Two tv because it makes a difference because the more so we have 420 we don't get any money from youtube until there are a thousand people so even if you hardly ever go on youtube Put your account on and subscribe to because then you without like the doing videos. anything. Subscribe, click notifications, and like every show you listen to. Yeah, yeah because oh. then people get paid without you parting with any money. Yeah. That's how it I, I'm not like you. I, I do less shows, but I'm I'm going to be doing my 100th live stream on Saturday, and I have got nearly 4,000 subscribers on YouTube because I started a year and a half ago and I have nearly earned $75 in all that time as, as <laughs> advertising. So the, the, the drinks are on me, girls. That's, that's for how many tens of thousands of hours of combined viewing. I have got a whole $75. It's kind of a pack. taboo thing because I guarantee <laughs> as soon as you put out a Patreon request or something like that, someone will come back and go, that's a bit tacky. And you just think... It's the reality that nobody talks about. All of this content-driven stuff is that the content now everyone expects for free is has got a monetary value for the people that are putting it together, and they need money just like you do. Would you go to work and do it for free? And yeah, we chose to do this. We chose to do it in in a weird time when we literally weren't allowed out of the house to do anything else. But uh, like real life is coming back, so. Yeah, it has to be a viable business proposition. Yeah. It doesn't no, the, have to the make us. The emails I get and the comments I yeah. get, you know, you're being a bit commercial, begging for, for. I'm not begging. I'm saying that this is a harsh reality. I'm asking I, if I, you I enjoy it to contribute. <laughs> I made this. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm getting, a, I'm getting more from Patreon than perhaps other people. Do. I mean, I had a big chat with the guy who runs the Great War Day by Day YouTube show. And he's been running since 2014, mm. and we talked. In fact, you came up in the conversation as well, and we talked about my show and your show. And he said you are doing as well as anyone would could possibly be doing within a first year of starting something he says the curve will not begin to climb until you've been doing it for at least a year but it makes sense because your youtube and your podcast channels of these people start them and they carry on for a bit and then they realize how much work it is and they stop just before it starts building because they're fed up with putting the hours in yeah and so the youtube and the Podbeam, all those, all those algorithms—they won't kind of kick in till you've been at it for a year. They want to know that you're in it for the long run because they're not going to. I mean, I don't. I'm saying they as if it's personal people. It's actually just—it's all just computers, isn't it? But they—they—they want to know that you're going to be keeping uh, going beyond just a few months. And I'm looking at YouTube channels that have stopped making content eight and nine years ago, and they stopped when they had. 200 views and now they've got 20,000 because they have finally been found but now they're not making any new content so it is important to to kind of set your sights on the on the this being a long-term adventure and and keep on going with it but at the point the point is you still have to pay the bills while you're Mm -hmm. in the short term you can't just wait for the long term to kick in you've got to kind of got to you know, put food on the table tomorrow. But to be honest, guys, I mean, there were so many times, and Alex can vouch for this, where I've turned around and gone, I just want to fucking give up. I can't do this anymore. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I've had enough. Um, let's pack it in. And Alex was like, it's don't working. Don't be a dick. Suck it up. <laughs> My yeah. answer to her whenever she has a meltdown is don't be a dick. <laughs> just suck it up. But we, you know, we're here. We're moving forward. There's so much stuff. There's so many plans that we have that obviously we don't want to spoil everything now. But, you know, hopefully COVID will go at some stage and we'll be able to move forward into other avenues, which would be absolutely amazing. 
where Alex and I can actually spend time together face to face. Oh, no, really? I've got absolutely You know what though? I did see her. So you know when it all kind of relaxed a bit in the summer and she was over. We saw each other. We met and we both got weepy. We had a hug and we oh, got all weepy. We were like, oh, oh my god, it's been so emotional. Oh, I've just vomited. I know it was like, oh, we worked so hard and I'm not even seeing your face. And then we had a drink and we were normal again. So yeah, it's fine. Well, that's I don't good. think I've hugged someone so hard ever in my life. And it was just like, you know, this moment where we saw each other from the end of the train station and we kind of like pranced. It's like that being <laughs> gone with the wind where Ashley comes home and yeah. Melly goes bounding across the platform. It I'm thinking about the tragic. railway children myself, but the same thing. Yeah, yeah the it was it's, it's the same. epically yeah. sad and tragic. Uh, to be but honest, I, I do wish that, you know, I lived in the UK. I'd see Alex a bit more often and, and laugh at her after she had tooth surgery. And then do you know, this up. is how weird we are, Woody. We had surgery on exactly the same tooth. <laughs> Two, in her and Poland, me in now, England, <laughs> the exact same surgery on the exact same tooth two weeks apart. Her face swelled up and mine didn't. Because <laughs> your face always looks like that. That's me. And this is going to end up being the show that was designed to pull you together and push you forward where you actually break up live on air. That's, that's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> Man, she already said to me, I like, she, I said, we've already agreed. Like, if one tries to quit, the other one's just going to stalk them. Yeah. <laughs> Try and run, Alina. Try it. I will find you. Poland. You yeah, Poland? I will find you. Alex and I have got the best ever, ever, ever plan to get old together. And it beats we every have. plan out of the bloody window. Do you remember the Waltons? Yeah. Mm. Do you remember the two old ladies? Oh, yes. Brewing Hooch. Or were they a couple? I've never... I no, can't sisters. They, yeah. they were brewing Hooch. Um... And Alina, tell everyone what we're going to do with our hooch, where we're going to sit and what we're going to do. <laughs> so we're going to have a porch, okay? And we're going to sit drinking our, our, our hooch. Well, Alex will have gin, I'll have vodka because clearly I'm not crossing over that boundary. No. Um, I've got to stick with my own stuff here. And uh, oh, we're going to have lots of animals. Do not forget the animals, people. You know, like hundreds of cats and dogs and maybe some birds. No, no, I hate birds. No birds. Um and then we're going to have like uh, super soakers and anybody that comes near us or is annoying. We're going to sit gonna on them. the porch abusing everyone who goes past and shooting at them with big water guns. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. once we're in our 80s, he's going to tell us we're not allowed. Really. Exactly. Do what we want. It's, it's, been, it's been great talking to you and I could talk to you all again. But I mean, anything else that you think you should, I can tease out of you that you should really wish you would you'd get people to know that you, about the effort you're putting or how they can help. I mean, I've, think i've asked all the things i i wanted to ask but i mean you know now's your opportunity girls you know what 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 can be done to push you forward what what other wonderful thing could happen to push this onto another stage i have uh, something we might vomit a tv you're gonna documentary propose, are you gonna propose to her live no i just look i want to be i want to be straight alex has been there for me no matter what however hard the times have been and they've been sometimes incredibly hard on both of us. We've had our own problems and other things have happened in our lives, but we've been there for each other at the end of the day and we have gone through some serious shit 
And I think the next test is going to be our January recordings, to which she already hates me for what I've learned 35 up in a week. Yeah. Uh, so I've got the whole week off. So, um, from work. But it's even done the Saturday. I was like, what are you doing? Well. We need to get ahead of ourselves, unfortunately. But no, I want to say thank you to everybody who supported us. And I want to say thank you to Alex for being there for me, no matter what, through the love, the hate and everything in between. So Yeah, you're a dick, but I love you. And I also have to say <laughs> as well that we haven't, we've left it this late to say that this would, this program would be absolutely nothing if not for hundreds of very smart, bright, intelligent, eloquent people who have just given the contents of their head for free as well and come on and we've been turned down by precisely two people since we started doing this and neither of them are famous they're not people you'd expect oh and it's becoming a thing now isn't it and I mean, rowan atkinson you've got a book out. But he's, even his agent was lovely she said he doesn't like doing interviews just full stop we did try to do a blackadder one she mm. just said mr atkinson says he really doesn't like doing interviews and he's never done a podcast it's not something i could get him to do even then she politely said no it wasn't mean so yeah we've only been meanly turned down by two people since we started this and so if all those people weren't out there ready to talk and share their knowledge and like the pub people that come back every week i mean something like homes works full time yeah from, uh, from home at the moment but so the, some of those people, their jobs aren't furloughed and they, they are working and yet they turn up every week. Um, and the prep that they do, some of them for each program. I mean, this isn't James who just reads a computer game plan. If you hear this, James, I'm never going to let you forget that. But, um, some of them spend hours getting ready for that pub show every, and they've gone weekly again since the lockdowns got worse again. So if those people weren't as generous as they have been all the way through this, then history hack would just be me and Alina moaning at each other and that would not be fun. Well, that is. Oh, the thing. You're only as good as your next show, and if 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 people say start um, saying no, or people stop writing books, or investigating subjects, or doing PhDs, it can all kind of end tomorrow. I mean, it's not going to because you've got a huge, huge mar- market because history is everything that happened prior to today, isn't it? So there's a, a lot of subjects to tap. But you know, you can't rest on your laurels. There's nothing you you, you can't just. Um, so, well, we've got this back catalogue. You know, you, you've got to keep on going. It's There's no there's no Sergeant Pepper album. Let's do that. Now let's move on and, and leave it at that. You've, you, you've got to keep on going. So it's been great talking to you. And um, I don't, can I do, can I close it as well? Can I, can I, can I? Yeah, can I, this is your show, Woody. So this is Paul Woodadge for History Hack. I've just said it again. I This is a History Hack. This is Paul Woodadge for History Hack. This is Paul Woodadge saying <laughs> thank you very much for listening to History Hack, where the spotlight has been turned on the creators, not the providers. Does that sound good? I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, we that was good. good. Yeah. No, thank you very much. It's, I'm sure people will enjoy listening to this and understanding a little bit more about the effort you put in. And I'm hopefully people will, will, will think about more ways they can give you some of the love back. I'll leave it at that. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 